Welcome to the AWS Tech Chat Podcast. We are solution architects and we help customers adopt the AWS Cloud Platform. In each episode, we dive deep, demystify technology and talk about the latest and most interesting technical developments in the world of AWS Cloud. We bring you the AWS Roundup and Deep Tech Dives in topics of interest. Hello, my name is Shane Baldacino, and this is episode 83 of the AWS Tech Chat podcast. And for today's show, listeners, we have a bit of a surprise, a bit of a treat for you here today, as I'm joined by a few special guests from one of our service teams. And we're going to walk you through a newly introduced major feature to an existing AWS service to you all today. Now, I'll put you in suspense for now. I'll give you a few minutes to mull over the recent announcements. How good are your guesses? Today's show has been driven by listener feedback. So remember, listeners, drop us a message at awstechchat at amazon.com as your feedback does drive the direction of this show. Now, before I introduce our speakers, let's quickly do a lap of AWS news. Region-wise, we're still at 25 regions and 80 availability zones with five more regions in the works coming online in the near future. We spoke last episode about new CloudFront Edge locations in Croatia and Indonesia, and today I want to notify you of a new regional edge cache in San Francisco. And look, with each deployment, we continue to increase the reach of CloudFront, thus reducing the distance bits need to travel for end users. But what there hasn't been much fanfare of in this space is a recent change to Lambda at Edge, our serverless edge computing platform. No new features, no new runtimes, but a change to the billing duration, which in effect is a huge price cut. And for most customers, you know, it's quite a big one. Billing granularity has been reduced from 50 milliseconds to one millisecond in line with regular Lambda. So for most customers who use Lambda at Edge for header manipulations, rewrites, all those lightweight workloads, you know, in the past, you may have been charged, you know, 50 milliseconds of execution when in reality, your code may have ran, for example, you know, two, three milliseconds. So this will lower the price point for most Lambda at edge functions, more so for those functions with short duration. Now, this change applies to all four Lambda execution event triggers, and it took effect starting April the 1st of 2021. Summit wise, it's a busy month ahead. They're all virtual for now, but in the month of May, we'll see the following events occur. So on May the 10th to May the 12th, we have summits in Korea and in Japan. And on May the 12th, we also have the AWS Summit of Americas, and that will be in multiple languages, Portuguese, Spanish, and English. Just remember folks, there are summits, but there is also a plethora of on-demand content. Just put AWS events into your favorite search engine and you'll find content from AI and machine learning through to serverless. And it's going to be something that will allow you to continue to sharpen your saw. And I have to ask, how are you all sharpening your saw of late? What are you doing? You know, saw sharpening just doesn't need to always be related to your role. You know, go out, learn a new skill. You know, at the moment, I've been doing a coding course with my son to really brush up on my Python. And I continue to build content with embedded microcontrollers. You know, I say this as a reminder to always be learning. While the language or technologies may change from time to time, you know, the joy of problem solving never fades. So news over, words of wisdom done. Who do I have with me here today? Did you guess what feature announcement I'm talking about? Well, today I want to talk about an edge computing update that is more than a minor feature update. It's one of the largest compute announcements to hit edge in some time. And as builders, it's yet another tool in our toolbox that we will use when constructing and architecting solutions. 
Today, I'm joined by two special guests, and because they're so special, I'm recording this from a very dark home office, you know, sipping on coffee, waiting for the sun to rise, and that's because they're on the other side of the world, and when you need the best, these are the things you need to do. So welcome to Tech Chat, Raji Sundararajan and David Brown. Um, are you both able to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, hi, uh, I'm David. Uh, I'm a senior product manager on the CloudFront team, and I look after our edge computing solutions, which include both the existing Lambda Edge and the newly launched CloudFront functions. Hi, everyone. I am Raji Sundararajan. Uh, I am a software development manager in AWS CloudFront, and I manage our edge computing solutions, as David mentioned, that's Lambda Edge and our very new CloudFront functions. Fantastic. All right. So first important question here, tabs or spaces? <laughs> I'm a tabs guy myself. Definitely. Tabs that are four space, not two. <laughs> Very good. Okay. <laughs> so look, today, listeners, I want to talk to you about a new AWS offering, you know, as Raji just mentioned, called CloudFront Functions. And I'm going to play second fiddle to our guests and play the part of you, the listener. So I'm going to ask them a lot of questions. So firstly, I think before we dive into CloudFront Functions, we need to level set. You know, CloudFront Functions is all about edge computing. But what is edge computing? And look, how I like to describe edge computing is applications today, you know, they rely on the cloud for processing, analytics, storage, machine learning, and so on. But they also need to do some processing. You know, it could be ML inference, could be image optimization, and so on close to where the data is generated or where end users are to deliver either you know, a faster response time, a different end user experience, or reduce the amount of data being sent to the origin. So Amazon's got technologies, and we've covered in the past, such as Greengrass, you know, our software-defined PLC, which can act on I.O. You know, at the edge and be able to make decisions, such as you know, self-driving operations. You wouldn't want you know, your automated systems relying on, say, you know, a connection to the cloud in order to drive a mine truck or a plane, et cetera, or maybe even for health systems. So today we're gonna to look through the lens of application development, specifically HTTP, and what place edge computing plays in this discipline of modern applications. So probably a good place to start here. You know, can I ask, you know, how is edge computing changing modern architectures? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And, and I think, uh... Just before we sort of jump into that, I, I, I think the term you sort of touched on <clears throat> one of the use cases for edge computing, which is in the IoT space. But edge computing generally is a is a fairly overloaded term, and, and the other kind of big area we see that term thrown around a lot is with the the five G rollouts that are happening with telco companies and the ability to put compute inside of telco centers that are you know, within a few milliseconds from where end users are, you know, using mobile devices. Um, that is definitely an edge computing offering. Uh, you know, AWS has wavelength with several other telco providers. Um, CloudFront Functions and Lambda Edge are, are sort of uh, the, the original edge, if you will, the OG edge, <laughs> which <laughs> is the CDN edge or content delivery network edge. Uh, so uh, that's, you know, sort of in the 200 to 250 different locations throughout the world range versus something like 5G, where you may have thousands of telco locations or IoT, where there may be even, you know, more of those devices floating around. So if you kind of think about it as an onion, the edge that we're talking about with, with 
functions in Lambda at Edge is sort of that inner layer of the onion, which is um, less locations, but probably more compute power than you could get at some of the farther out edge locations. Um, and and to to answer your question about you know how uh, you know the edge network is sort of changing modern architectures, um, you know I I almost see it more as the kind of the other way around, where I think the architectures that people are using today to build applications are more driving the edge computing uh, strategies that we see. You know as as people start to take apart applications and build them into microservices and, and breaking them down into fundamental components, you know, that affords them the ability to run their applications in more locations than they could have previously done. Uh, and so that in turn is driving the need to, uh, or the want rather, to have their compute uh, resources be closer to end users themselves. And, and so um, they're sort of driving the demand for edge compute in all of these different locations, and and we're just sort of following that path and and trying to provide you know compute in all all edge locations that we possibly can. Excellent. Okay, so what has AWS been doing in edge computing in the past? You know, looking through the context of CDN, so you just mentioned Lambda at Edge here. Yeah, so so we've had Lambda at Edge now for going on four years. We, we launched it in 2017. Um, and, and it's been a, a very well-adopted, well-received feature uh, of, of, the, of CloudFront, which is Amazon CDN. Um, and you know, we've seen a lot of different use cases for it in terms of just, you know, even you know, from simple things like header manipulations and, and doing things like URL rewrites to really complex logic like you know, even replacing origins in some cases um, completely um, by using Lambda uh, as, as the origin. Um, and so, you know, the, the use cases vary, but it, it's always exciting to see kind of the creative ways people can use uh, Lambda at Edge to power their applications and, and help, you know, them to, to drive, uh, you know, adoption of new technologies at the Edge. Okay, so thanks for that, David. So look, let me ask you this, Raji. So, you know, Lambda at Edge, um, you know, on Tech Chat, we aren't afraid to call a spade a spade. Um, what have some of the challenges been for customers adopting Lambda at Edge? The biggest issue that customers have with Lambda at Edge is with its scaling. Um, Lambda at Edge uses Lambda in regions to execute the functions. And as you know, Lambda has issues such as cold start and limits on con concurrent executions. So that means customers need to, uh, ahead of time, need to understand what their RPS is going to be uh, and prepare for large events. So scaling is not very smooth in Lambda at Edge. And this is one of the issues that we are trying to solve with CloudFront Functions. Apart from that, there are uh, Lambda does not handle burst traffic very well, uh, and that's another factor for which or another reason why customers do not um, or customers face with Lambda at Edge. Um, and lastly, there have been some uh, issues regarding customer experience that the logs and metrics that are generated with Lambda at Edge go to multiple different regions in CloudFront and customers do not have a control as to where their logs and metrics go in terms of which region they go to. 
So it's interesting, you know, that you mentioned some of those challenges and I've seen customers create, you know, various processes for log aggregation, but the challenge around, you know, request per second and the scaling mechanism, given the fact that Lambda is having to instantiate customer's code inside a container, there are, I guess, challenges with cold starts, you know, and these are real challenges that customers face from time to time. So I know how hard everyone has been working to release CloudFront functions. So look, are you able to describe, you know, to our listeners here who perhaps haven't, you know, followed on the AWS News channel, what is CloudFront Functions? Yes, CloudFront Functions is a new edge compute offering from CloudFront that allows you to run lightweight JavaScript functions at all of the 225 edge locations that CloudFront has throughout the world. Uh, and, and when I say lightweight here, I, I'm talking about functions that uh, generally have really low duration in terms of how long it takes to execute. Um, and they generally tend to be functions that are require um, very low latency because they're generally executing on, on either every request or every response. And so functions is meant to solve the kinds of use cases where, you know, Raji mentioned some of the challenges with Lambda at Edge around scaling uh, and some of the performance concerns. So it's, it's meant to address those concerns by giving you a way to write code, uh, deploy it to the edge, but give you performance that offers sort of sub millisecond, uh, you know, response times from functions. Um, most functions will execute uh, from the time the request comes in until they complete uh, in, in under a millisecond. Um, and it also scales uh, infinitely, basically. So whatever CloudFront traffic you send, CloudFront functions can just scale naturally to uh, execute against that same level of traffic. So you're, you're no longer dealing with the concurrency and the burst limits that you have on the, the Lambda or Lambda at Edge side. Can I say the other thing is is cost? Uh, it, it, it's meant to to be more cost effective than Lambda Edge, and so the price ends up being about one sixth the price of of Lambda Edge when you compare it uh, with both the compute and the per request fees with with Lambda Edge. So I'll ask you some questions more about cost later because I think there's a few interesting nuances there. Um, but you know, one millisecond in terms of performance, you know, that's absolutely amazing in terms of adding, I guess, latency into the request path. And for a lot of, you know, organizations out there, you know, they are measuring performance down to the millisecond level on page load times. You have platforms such as, you know, Google Analytics, which may charge more for slow websites and so on. So, you know, this all counts here. Mm -hmm. So thanks for that description. But, you know, what real problems is CloudFront Functions trying to solve? You know, in other words, you know, why build it and how is it going to help the builders out there among us? You know, what new tools are we giving them in their architectural toolbox that they couldn't do in the past? You know, one of the, the, the feedbacks that we would often get from customers that were using Lambda at Edge was the developer experience with Lambda is a little bit overkill for the simple things that people were using Lambda at Edge to do, which again, were those those simple things like header manipulation or URL rewrites and redirects. Uh, you know, when you when you look at Lambda and, and all of the API endpoints they have and all of the features that they have, Lambda at Edge is only a subset of, of Lambda and it only uses about 10 out of, I think, around 50 different API endpoints. 
So there was a lot of struggle from the customer's standpoint around what features are supported in Lambda at Edge versus Lambda. Um, what are the limitations within Lambda at Edge that I don't have to contend with on Lambda? And so we we sort of we, we took that feedback and we wanted to simplify the entire workflow for customers and and give them a set of tools that made it much easier, much simpler, more streamlined to build functions and get them deployed to the edge. And so we 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 one of the big fundamental changes of CloudFront Functions is the fact that it doesn't use Lambda. Um, it runs natively on the edge hosts themselves versus needing to go to Lambda to execute. Um, and so we 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 were able to develop an entirely new workflow that basically makes it super easy to test functions. Uh, to, well, first to build them, then to test them, and then to associate them to a CloudFront distribution without the, the overhead that you you would have to do using you know, Lambda's APIs. I'm, and I'm not I'm not saying Lambda's APIs are bad in any way. It's just for the kinds of operations that that you know CloudFront customers do, it just tends to be you know too much. Yeah, I, I get that. You know, from things like you know VPC integration or attaching an ENI, you know, that's all overhead, which contributes to I guess you know the bulk and heaviness that is Lambda at Edge. Now, one thing that you just uh, got me thinking about here is deployment time. So you know, as a developer, I'm going to author my CloudFront functions. How long does it take to after I've authored my code through to attaching it through to a distribution. Right. That's going to largely depend on how long it takes you to test, <laughs> how good you are at writing code. Uh, assuming you're at the the point where the code, you know, works and, and you've tested it thoroughly. Uh, I, I'm guessing you, you your, your real question is how long does it take to deploy once it's associated to a CloudFront distribution? Is that, is that what you're asking? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So uh, today, uh, whenever you do an association of a function to a CloudFront distribution, that's going to kick off um, what we call an update distribution, which is the equivalent of you making any change to your CloudFront distribution, uh, whereby it will need to go through the the propagation time of CloudFront to all the edge locations, which today about P90 is about three minutes. Um, we have plans to change this in the in the coming months so that any change to a function is only that change that you're making will go out to the edge instead of the entire distribution again. Uh, and that should give us sub one minute propagation time. All right. So just to be clear, if I've got a function associated to a distribution and I update that function it will execute the old function for, you know, say up to three minutes while that distribution is being updated. That's right. Yeah. And, and one of the other nice things about functions, which is slightly different from Lambda at Edge, is um, once you've done the association to a function uh, to your distribution, any subsequent change to the function itself just requires you to, you know, publish again. And, and publish is basically just taking your sort of draft version of the function and making it live. Um, you don't have to do the association again. Um, whereas with Lambda at Edge, you have to update every uh, dis uh, cache behavior on the CloudFront distribution with the new version of the function. Um, here with functions, you just publish through either the console or the API uh, one call and, and it goes everywhere across all distributions to all cache behaviors. So it's it's a much simpler, much easier way to publish changes when you have to make them. 
Excellent. So one thing that, you know, really stood out for me is, you know, looking through the documentation and by the way, listeners, I'm referring to the CloudFront developer guide. CloudFront Functions is based on ECMAScript, so JavaScript. So specifically, what versions does CloudFront Functions support and, you know, why differ from, say, Node.js or Python? So CloudFront Functions uses um, a JavaScript runtime environment and that is supporting ECMAScript version 5.1. It also supports some of the features from um, version 6 through version 9. So it has um, the core features of JavaScript, that's vanilla JavaScript, along with some uh, primitive objects and built-in objects, um, such as um, assign or, you know, object methods like values or entries it also has a bunch of um, methods that support string manipulation and uh, um, for numbers Um, apart from that there are like a bunch of built-in objects like math date functions regular expressions arrays the usual javascript functionalities Um, the reason why we don't support node or Python in CloudFront Functions is because we use a fork of NJS as our execution engine, which only supports uh, vanilla JavaScript and it does not have support for other um, languages like Node or Python. Um, so that's the, that's the main reason for the restrictions in runtime. Yeah, I actually like the fact that it uses ECMAScript. You know, I mentioned in the past, I was, uh, I'm spending a little bit of time with my son doing Python coding at the moment. I think ECMAScript is probably more accessible to a larger audience that may be more familiar with ECMA versus, say, Node.js. Python is also, though, pretty popular in the wild. You know, ECMAScript is quite similar to, to a degree to Node.js. Is there a mechanism to migrate functions from Lambda and Edge into CloudFront functions? And I guess the second question is really, you know, should you make that change to migrate from Lambda and Edge? If you've got code that is executing, you know, just fine, is it worthwhile migrating to CloudFront Functions? I definitely think there is value in migrating your um, functions that, you know, in Lambda and Edge, we have different event types. And the event types that are currently supported in CloudFront Functions are the viewer-facing ones. So... Uh, Migrating viewer requests or viewer response functions from Lambda at Edge to CloudFront functions would be uh, a would show a big impact on latency and also help with scalability, as we mentioned earlier. Um, there is no current way, or there's no automatic way of migrating Lambda at Edge functions to CloudFront functions. Although, I would say. Simple functions such as, you know, URL manipulation or header insertion would not change a lot. The most important thing that would change is the function signature. The function signature used by Lambda at Edge is a little bit different compared to the function signature used by CloudFront functions. Um, And another uh, important thing is that some JavaScript primitives such as const or let are not allowed in CloudFront functions. So the customers have to be a little careful about rewriting their functions, Lambda Edge functions to um, use the new service. Okay. So what I do here though, there are benefits of cost 
benefits of performance and you know the ability to scale as well. But just on the cost, what I have noticed is CloudFront functions can be attached to viewer request and response only versus Lambda on Edge, which can do viewer and origin side uh, attachment. So, you know, when we talk about this benefit of cost being considerably cheaper, I guess, you know, that's a bit of a depends, a bit of a gray line in my mind here, depending on, you know, if you're only executing your Lambda on Edge on the origin side. Yeah, that that's a good point you bring up because the your, your natural inclination is going to just compare the price between the two and say functions is is cheaper, you know, per million requests than, than Lambda at edges. And so I, I'm going to use that. Um, but but the reality is a little more, you know, a little muddier than that, where you, you do need to take into consideration things like your cache hit ratio and, and where the function is actually running, because you're right, if, if you're running a function on origin request using Lambda at Edge, that function's only going to ever run if there's a cache miss. And so if your function or if your CloudFront distribution has a really good cache hit ratio, it's oftentimes cheaper to continue using Lambda at Edge and just run it on cache misses versus needing it to run on every request coming in or response going out. And so you need to do a little bit of analysis there to, to kind of understand, you know, does my function actually need to run on the viewer side, meaning viewer request or viewer response, or can I run it on the origin side using origin request or origin response? And yeah. oftentimes, um, you know, continuing to use Lambda at Edge makes sense um, when, when doing some, some types of operations, especially origin side. Yeah, look, absolutely. I think cost is just one dimension. You know, it is the performance side for a lot of customers and the scalability that I have no doubt they will love with CloudFront Functions. But just on that, you know, performance and scalability, you know, be it EC2 through to AWS Secrets Manager, every AWS service has, you know, a service quota. I was about to say a limit, but, you know, in prepping for this show, I see we've recently changed our terminology. So look, what are the service quotas for CloudFront Functions. And secondly, you know, what are the patterns and anti-patterns for usage of CloudFront Functions? Sure, yeah. The There's a couple of limits around CloudFront Functions. Um, the, the big ones that most people would probably be concerned with is the function execution time limit, which is going to give you, le- it has to be less than a millisecond. Um, you've got... Um, the function size itself, so so the code that you're providing to CloudFront Functions has to be less than 10 kilobytes. And then you're also allocated up to two megabytes of memory for the function. Those are um, limits that can be adjusted if you have valid reasons and we need to go above uh, those limits, but but those are the default limits. And, and we th- we feel that you know the overwhelming majority of customers will have no problem running functions and doing the kinds of lightweight operations we we built functions to handle using you know those limits so look raji less than 1 millisecond sounds like an awfully short amount of time you know particularly if you know if you're using languages such as python etc um, to be able to perform a usable piece of work here, what can customers typically do in less than one millisecond of function execution time? Yes, I would agree that less than one millisecond seems like a very, very short amount of time, especially to our Lambda Edge customers who are used to running heavier workloads using Lambda. But 
with CloudFront functions, we have uh, customers can do anything from URL manipulation to adding headers to uh, authentication, like using um, GWT tokens uh, and A/B testing. These are all some of the use cases that we have seen customers uh, do using Lambda at Edge, and we have tried and tested this with CloudFront functions, and it can be done with um, it can be run below uh, one millisecond execution time. Yeah, and, and just just to add to that, that limit is the actual function execution time, right? It, it's not including the time to bootstrap the worker that's executing the function, nor the time to go fetch the code from cache and pull it in. It's it's just CPU execution time itself. Um, and so when you if you if you compare that to Lambda Edge, it, it's hard to get a Lambda Edge function to run in a millisecond or under, uh, and that's largely due to the fact that you know, there's just an overhead of running Node and, and getting that kind of going that that counts towards your duration of a function. And so when you take out that component and you look just at the actual code that you've written, the execution of that, um, most of the time running in, in uh, less than a millisecond is, is no problem. I mean, the code itself, generally, you're just several microseconds of, of actual, you know, execution time. Okay. So look, this appears to be, you know, quite a few, I guess, other differences between Lambda at Edge and CloudFront functions. So from, you know, no network access, no file system access, you know, shorter memory, as you've mentioned before, two megabytes. But, you know, what I think is really compelling in looking through the documentation is the scale. So you mentioned before, you know, designed to run on every request. Today, customers have, you know, up to 10,000 requests per second per region, you know, and that, whilst it seems like a lot, for some of those, you know, large scale customers, that can be somewhat a limiting factor. With Lambda at Edge, what sort of limits should customers expect in terms of requests per second? For Lambda at Edge? For CloudFront functions. <laughs> right. There, there are no limits in terms of um, requests per second on CloudFront functions. You know, we, we built functions to scale to whatever volume of traffic that you're sending to CloudFront. Uh, and that includes very spiky workloads where your traffic can surge, you know, within minutes or even seconds to to very large, you know, volumes. Uh, and so, functions gives you just the ability to just scale naturally, um, without worrying about the burst and concurrency limits that, that we currently have uh, on Lambda. And so that you know that that's one of the trade offs, right? With with, with CloudFront functions. You know, you, you, you're not getting network access, you're not getting file system access, and, and you're, you're limited to how long a function can run. But in return, you're getting uh, much better performance, much higher scale, uh, much better cost, and you're getting uh, the same you know, security that you would get with Lambda at Edge. So it, it's really more about picking the right tool for the right job you know, when you're considering using Lambda at Edge or CloudFront function. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and for my mind, you know, if I don't need to do, I guess, effectively heavy manipulation, CloudFront functions appears to be the go-to tool that I would use as a builder. You know, if I don't need to make network calls, you know, attach an ENI, get into my VPC, I don't need third-party libraries or maybe I'm, you know, not doing things like heavy image manipulation, so I might need a library or 
X, you know, large amounts of CPU and RAM. For those cases, Lambda and Edge. Otherwise, you know, I'd be inclined to go down the CloudFront functions path. As a developer out there, walk us through, you know, the, I guess the development experience, you know, do I use my favorite IDE to author? Do I use a console? Do I use the API? You know, many of the listeners of this show will be full stack infra as code. And, you know, unless there is CDK, CloudFormation, or even CLI support won't adopt CloudFront functions. Can you talk us through the process of, I guess, authoring, deploying, testing, you know, monitoring CloudFront functions? Right. So when the customer starts off with creating their CloudFront functions, they can either use the console, which has a very nice built-in IDE where customers can um, build their functions as well as uh, immediately test it as well. I will come to how we can test it in a minute. Um, But the console does have an IDE, which the customers can use to uh, build the function. Apart from that, we are providing support for CLI and CloudFormation as well. So those are some things that also can be used. Once the customer writes their functions um, either through the console or other uh, CLI or CloudFormation, they need to go ahead and publish the function. The published function is more of a a read-only resource. So let's think of it. And then once the function is published, we, the customer can go ahead and associate this published version of the function to a CloudFront distribution. At this point, the requests that start coming in for this particular distribution will start using the functionality that is uh, associated with the distribution. So that's sort of how customers can set up their resources. We have a very interesting new feature with CloudFront function, which is actually not supported with Lambda at Edge, and that's uh, called test function. It's an API, it's also available on the console. So what the customer gets to do here is test their function at every step when they're developing or constructing the function by supplying a sample event object or uh, to the function. So, and these functions for that are tested are actually tested against the same data plane that your regular functions are executing when you send a request to your CloudFront distribution. So you will get the same sort of experience in terms of how fast your function is running. Is it able to execute within the time limit? And uh, is it executing correctly? Um, based on the limitations that we had talked about earlier. So that's uh, great functionalities with CloudFront functions. With Lambda at Edge, one of the main, uh, one of the complaints that we have heard from customers is that although there is this test functionality on the Lambda console, there are there is no way to test the function against a CloudFront distribution before actually going and associating it. And that's something that test function mitigates. So it's actually allowing you to test the function against the data plane and it gives you um, the appropriate result. Now, moving on to the next step. So your function is deployed, it's working as expected. Uh, Customers would now want to make sure, you know, monitor it and make sure it's working uh, correctly in prod. So we have a few um, options here. The first one is execution logs. So anything, I mean, in JavaScript, you know, if you want to log something, console.log is the 
uh, way to go. So if a customer uses console.log within their function, we do generate execution logs, which are going to be pushed to customer's CloudWatch account in US East One region. So that is a helpful tool when the customer wants to debug an issue. These logs are also shown as a part of the test function that I mentioned earlier. So, you know, developing and testing can sort of go hand in hand with CloudFront functions. Another set of um, metrics that would be helpful in debugging issues is uh, CloudWatch metrics or CloudFront metrics, which are pushed to CloudWatch. And these include function invocations, function execution errors, and function validation errors. These are pretty similar to uh, Lambda at Edge, and they are also pushed to uh, the customer's account in CloudWatch account in IAD region. And lastly, I want to talk about uh, this metric called compute utilization. So compute utilization is a number between 0 to 100, which will indicate the amount of time the function took to run as a percentage of the maximum allowed time. So if the function execution time of a function is 40, let's say, it basically took 40% of the total amount of time that is that the function is allowed to run for. So that's some of um, that's the customer experience for CloudFront functions. So just a few follow-up questions on that. So what happens if I go past the function execution time? What happens to my request? Yep. So we would like our customers should um, try to be, you know, somewhere lesser than 80 or 75, you could say, in terms of compute utilization. But if they do see their compute utilization metric going above 80, the chances are that their functions could start getting throttled on the data plane. And that means we will return a 5xx error because the function took longer than the uh, allowed amount of time for its execution. Okay, but customers can monitor this via CloudWatch. So it's going to be surfaced into CloudWatch and hopefully, you know, customers will have some form of mechanism to go either from CloudWatch in through to the likes of, you know, their own local monitoring platform or surface using CloudWatch events. Okay, so that deployment process sounds, you know, amazing. Um, you know, it's great news to... I'm sure to many developers out there who are familiar with Lambda and Edge today and, you know, I struggle a little bit with that. Can I ask, and this may be a question for you, David, are there any plans to update Lambda and Edge to have a more streamlined development process like CloudFront Functions? Uh, I, no plans as of today. Um, and, and that's uh, partially because the team that built Functions has been working on Functions for the last almost year now. Uh, and so, you know, unfortunately, Lambda at Edge hasn't gotten a lot of love uh, lately. But but those uh, the developer experience on Lambda at Edge is one of the biggest pain points that we see customers facing. Uh, and so, you know, as we start to free up from from you know CloudFront functions, like our team is is definitely um, you know ready to tackle challenges with the Lambda at Edge and and get that in in better shape uh, overall. Um, so. You know, I, I I can't speak to any specific things on the roadmap to address those challenges now, but but I expect that we'll have uh, you know some some changes to that in, in the future. 
Excellent. Okay. So look, we say at Amazon, you know, security is job zero, the highest priority. If CloudFront Functions is instantiating and, you know, running your functions in less than one millisecond, um, you know, these are obviously not going to be containers. So it must be some form of process isolation. How is CloudFront Functions secure? So for CloudFront Functions, we have um, core. We have implemented core isolation, which basically means that your function would the function execution happens on a core or on a CPU, which is not shared by any other resource in CloudFront. And we do flush the cache between two uh, consecutive executions, which means there is no transfer of information or resource between. Uh, two executions of the function. And another area that I would like to touch upon is that a, a worker which executes the function is not shared between two different functions. So we have a one is to one mapping between a worker and the function. So as in when a request comes in, if the worker for a function has already been initialized, the request will go to the same worker. Whereas if there is a request that does not have a worker assigned, we will spin up a new worker so as to ensure that there is proper isolation between you know, two customers' functions or even functions within the same account. Okay. Yeah. okay, so it sounds like we've got some pretty robust process isolation in place here. So we're disabling things like you know symmetrical multi-threading or on... CPUs, we're using dedicated CPU cores. We're flushing, I'm assuming this is like L1, L2 cache. Are we referring to on the processor here? We're flushing between on the execution side and there's a lot of uh, checks and balances in place to you know ensure that these functions are executing in a secure manner. Yeah, look, in your, if you are going to be you know running millions of requests per second and being able to scale you know really quickly, it's just not tenable using containers or even technologies like Firecracker from AWS here. So look, we've spoken quite a bit about CloudFront Functions and I guess somewhat to a degree Lambda at Edge in a, I won't say in a negative way or the, you know, it's the old world here. You know, Lambda at Edge still has a very important part to play. What advice would you give to our builders listening on what workloads are best to run on functions and which should they continue to run using Lambda at Edge? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to. I, I don't want to continue to bash on Lambda Edge. I want to give some some love to Lambda. Because we love it, Lambda it, at we, Edge. We love Lambda at Edge. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and I will say Lambda at Edge is not going anywhere. You know, we're we're definitely still investing in it. Still going to develop new features for it. And functions is really meant to be a complement to Lambda at Edge. Um, and again, I, I sort of mentioned this earlier, but it's it's about providing the right tool for the right job. And and so. With functions, you know, you're you're really looking at use cases that are high scale and latency sensitive, um, and so we we've sort of touched on some of these, like your basic CDN manipulations that you would traditionally do with CDNs, like HTTP header manipulation, URL rewrites, redirects, um, cache key normalization, and and you can even do some, you know lightweight hashing and things to validate JSON web tokens and, and other types of, of HMAC based tokens. Um, but again, you're limited to things where you can't make network calls and you don't have file system access. So if you need network access or file system access, 
or if you have functions that need, you know, libraries like npm modules that you can import with Node, those aren't available in, in just plain vanilla JavaScript. So uh, if you have reliance on those, you're, you're still going to want to use Lambda at Edge. Uh, the other areas is around things like adjustable memory and CPU, right? Like Lambda provides you sort of a select your own memory and that in turn drives how much CPU you get uh, per function. And so if you have functions that require lots of memory or lots of CPU, you're, you're probably going to want to stick with Lambda. And then lastly, of course, if, if your functions need origin request, origin response uh, manipulations, you're gonna you're gonna need to stick with Lambda Edge for those because functions today only runs viewer request viewer response. Okay, so you just mentioned today functions only provides viewer request viewer response. Can we infer that sometime in the future functions will provide origin request origin response? That's the hope. Uh, the and and the why <laughs> the reason why we haven't done it yet, I think, is because. Um, origin request, origin response will likely end up running in what we call the regional edge caches, which are sort of that mid-tier cache that sits between the pops and the origins. And those are AWS regions. And, and so it affords us the, the ability to you know, run longer running functions or have more powerful functions because we're not executing those in the constrained environment like our, you know, our edge location. So we're still sort of figuring out what that looks like and whether we want to offer more powerful functions um, in a region or stick with what we have at the edge. And so um, still still planning that out, but we definitely uh, want to, to launch support for origin request, origin response. Okay. And, you know, as a builder, can I layer CloudFront functions and Lambda on Edge together? Can I have mm -hmm. a CloudFront function execute and then a Lambda at Edge or are they mutually exclusive to each other? Well, you definitely can have both of them um, execute together, um, but there are certain restrictions we have in place right now, which would not allow you to have a mixture of these on the viewer side. So you could potentially have a viewer CloudFront function with a origin Lambda at Edge function. Although I would like to warn our listeners that if you use Lambda at Edge, you are going to be constrained um, on your concurrency and uh, RPS due to Lambda's constraint and will not be able to use CloudFront functions uh, to the scale that it can support. Yeah, I get it. I guess it's one of those questions, you know, can I versus should I? And it sounds like, yes, technically, you know, you can. And I get the, the point where you can have CloudFront functions on the viewer request side, but on the origin for the cache misses, then you can execute Lambda at Edge. But yeah, it sounds like, you know, there's a, a bit of a, I'll say a warning, just, you know, just to understand the limits of Lambda at Edge and how that differs from CloudFront functions, you know, for those high velocity workloads. Okay, so look, I can see my timer flashing here. I think we need to close this show out. You know, we're approaching the hour here. But before we go today, look, how can customers get started with CloudFront functions? And, you know, what would be a call to action for customers out there? Yeah, it's pretty easy, um, or, or at least we hope it's pretty easy <laughs> to get started. Uh, you know, Functions is available now in, in the CloudFront console. So if you go to the AWS console and go to CloudFront, you should see it there. Um, I, I think the easiest place to get started would probably be to look at our GitHub repo that we have published um, that has a, a bunch of sample functions that you can look at. 
um, to, to sort of see the types of things you can do with functions and how you should build those functions. And that repo provides you with lots of documentation on how to get started. Uh, as well as some test event objects, so you can you know you can use the test function uh, API to to validate that the functions are working as you expect. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would start there, and then obviously look through our, our wonderful documentation that we have uh, in terms of developer guides. Um, but yeah, let like my call to action would be try functions, give it a go. Um, and we, we'd love to hear your feedback on whether you, you like the feature. Um, and of course, give us feedback on things that you think we're missing. Favorite functions? Is there something that, you know, really resonates with you? <laughs> uh, I think my favorite function is probably the most complicated one I wrote, which was, uh, the validating JSON web tokens. Um, that, that one, that one rattled my brain for a while, <laughs> but we got it working, which was great. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Look, Raji, David, I think we could keep talking more and more about this. You know, along with serverless computing, you know, edge computing really brings a new paradigm in how businesses can deliver business outcomes. They can solve challenges. And for us developers and architects out there, you know, again, you know, it's another set of tools that you can use in creating amazing, robust, high-performance solutions. So look, in recapping today's show, we took a journey out to the edge gave you an in-depth look into a new product that we have released to market called CloudFront Functions. We started the show setting down a foundation of what is edge computing, how edge computing is changing modern architectures, and the challenges customers face with Lambda at Edge before introducing CloudFront Functions. David and Raji introduced CloudFront Functions, which is a feature of Amazon CloudFront that enables you to write lightweight functions in JavaScript for high-scale, latency-sensitive CDN customizations. Functions can manipulate the request and response that flow through CloudFront, perform basic authentication, authorization, you know, and do things like generate HTTP responses at the edge before moving into a bit of a Q&A session with Raji and David. So we've covered patterns, anti-patterns, performance, the developer experience, and more. Look, for both of you, thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, thank you, Shane. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, listeners, keep us honest. Feedback is always welcome. You know it helps drive the direction of this show. So drop us a message at awstechchat at amazon.com. Join us again in our next episode to which we'll be back with a round of updates that occurred in the last month. But until next time, bye for now and keep on building. Signing off, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, tell your friends, tell your colleagues and tune in again to learn about AWS Cloud please subscribe to AWS Tech Chat by visiting awstechchat.com.